0: Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real Only gon'
1: recognize, still, still, reckon I will Like we always do with this time, I go for mine, I get the shine Now throw your hands up in the sky
2: Welcome, everybody, to the K.I.R.P. Radio Show. I'm your host, Pudgy. You guys know where the time is. It's 7-1-2012. It is the first day of July. I hit it. am out here, baby. I hope everybody knows it's summer. I got my man, Ella, hosting with us tonight. Ella, what's up, baby?
0: Mr. Pudgy Miller, how you doing, sir?
2: I'm beautiful, man. It's hot out here,
0: man. It's hot. I'm telling you, it is it is very hot. I know. Yesterday, I decided that I was gonna to try to work out, and guess what? Um, after my workout, my body said, "What were you thinking?"
2: You try to work out in this heat, man.
0: <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know what? I try to keep it right and tight, but thank God the gym actually had an air conditioning.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. You you need that. You see, with the hundred degrees out there today, folks. Yesterday was scorching hot. Down, you could hardly breathe, man. The air was very thick. You know, and not the- I didn't see too many people jogging yesterday, but uh, I did see a few people sitting in the grass on the so, lawn. Shout out to everybody out there who decided that uh, in the 110 degrees you needed to be inside. Shout out to you because you're more of a man than me, even if you're female. But anyway, here's the your Show, folks, your number one black conservative show online. Well over four hundred million listeners. Six one nine six three eight eight five five nine. That one more time. Six one nine six three eight eight five five nine. Hit us up on Facebook. We are there. Facebook dot com backslash K R P radio. You'll find us on iTunes as podcast kirp radio and three folks. So don't email me talking about. It. I, I can't find you. you're not because we're there. But uh, you got to go to the podcast, and we should be one of the most popular shows right now. I don't know what our iTunes like. They were looking pretty good at one point. So, you know, I need you guys, man. I need you need, We need you guys to come through. Keep checking us out. Keep listening to the archives. And, you know, send and we really appreciate that. For all you folks out there who want to email us to pick a bone with us, maybe you got a question. Maybe you, wanna or you want to advertise. The info is... K-I-R-P radio at gmail.com. That's K-I-R-P radio at gmail.com. I figured that was pretty easy to do. You know what it is. You know, look for us. We're out there, man. We're also on Twitter. I know there's a lot of people out there on Twitter. You can on Twitter. That's at symbol K-I-R-P radio. You can also find me on Twitter, at symbol NC Pudgy. Leave we, love, we love the fast forward. Shout out to all the fast forwards out there to retweets. Man. Appreciate you guys for keeping us number one. You always rocking with us, and you guys are B.I.G. in my book, and I really appreciate the love that you show us. Um, my man, Ella, man, let's go to my man, Ella. Ella, how, how's your week been, brother?
0: Man, my, my week has been very productive, you know, and thanks to God. Just moving forward, crazy, just doing some big things here, getting prepared for uh, a tour with a, 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 an acquaintance of mine in August. Um, she's going to be hosting what? beauty is for women, and I'm going to be talking about how to provoke potential into transcending to prominence. It's going to be very powerful, my brother. I think a lot of times people forget, especially men, their kingliness that that is innately within them. So we're just going to try our best to bring it out in them.
2: That sounds like a plan to me. I like that, right? One motivational guy, man, I, I got to say that. Like you always, and I'm not just talking about the book, so you know, Tuned in. Ellert is the author of the book entitled Moving Forward Courageously. And uh, that book is awesome. You know, you guys got it. You need to get that. You can check the website. I'm pretty sure it's there. It is on there. And now uh, that's facebook.com backslash KRP radio show. Um, find the link, man. Ellert's on there. His book is on there. That is a wonderful book. Uh, Ellert, you know, you, you know, in talking to you regularly, I know you. You know I, I know who you are. I, I know what you stand for, and I know you know you're always speaking of you know Christ. You're always speaking of you know moving forward. You're always trying to show some love, and you're always always giving off positive vibes. But what what makes a person like that? I mean, what you know it's hard to explain who you are, but what makes you like that? I mean, what what makes you? What motivates you?
0: Well, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you something that's really near and dear to my heart, and I don't think a lot of people know this. Essentially, when I was growing up in impoverished in neighborhoods, and I admired my cousin, my cousin himself, you wouldn't know that he was a gang member; he was part of the gang life and you know when you grow up with insecurity issues and challenges, you want to be that person who actually has connections to all the young ladies and have the money that looks flashy and My cousin said something something really important when I was fifteen when I told him I want to be with, be like him, he said i said. I want to be you. And he looked at me, gave me that fatherly look, and said, boy, I will smack you if I ever hear you say it again because I'm living vicariously through <laughs> you. <laughs> and, and, and it, you know, it, it's difficult, and I understand where a lot of these young kids are coming from, or even these individuals who are adults, that they feel like, you know what, I had nothing coming up, and therefore i got to do whatever I can by any means necessary to get to where I want to be. Well, long story short, I unfortunately lost my cousin to – um, a situation right in front of my eyes Where it was a situation that I my, my life could have been taken as well So I think wrong and hard about those Particular times that he told me that He was living vicariously through me And then so many people projected That I was going to die by the age of 21 And I just decided, yeah. and this is the biggest reason What made me become who I am I decided to be the other statistic that most people don't talk about
2: I like that, I like that There's nothing wrong with that at all man And you know, it, I think that's what happens to a lot of people. I think that they, they have to change their life in order to really uh uh fully embrace what life has to offer. You know a lot of people they start out on the wrong path or or sometimes it's the cause you dealt. you know what I'm saying sometimes it's the cause that that you're dealt with it's the cause that your parents <laughs> parents left for you or you know the neighborhood that you live in or you know you never know people's life situations, so you know sometimes it's just the cause that you' dealt with, and you know i At times we have to gather those cards up, shuffle them, or sometimes maybe we gotta throw them away and start different. You know? Start fresh, start your own (laughs) you know, deal with your own deck. You know what I mean? So I, I, I get what your cousin I get what he I get what he said, you know, I get that fully. You know, you have to deal your own deck, you have to play with your own set of cards and you know, somebody else is out there looking at your cards and saying, you know what, I wanna play with this deck. I wanna be like him.
0: Right. Um, one thing I realized: loss is either a strong motivator, a, lo- a strong motivator, or it's a reason for why you are always live stagnated. Mm. It, it's either It's either one. Either a, it's going to motivate you to become a better individual, to grow spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, or it's going to allow you to. Live a life of blame, blame on what mom and daddy did, blame on how you grew up, blame on what you didn't have, what you could do. And when it comes down, at the end of the day, it comes down to this. What decision are you making right now to empower yourself to move forward to a brighter future? That's it.
2: Wow. So speak,
0: go for it. Did you hear, I'm not sure if you read the book, it's called The Other Westbrook. And essentially, these two individuals from New York, both in both of them grew up in the same neighborhood, never knew each other. One became a prominent individual. He wound up being a um, high official in the White House. The other one uh-huh. was in and out of jail all the time. So some individual brought these two individuals together, and the prominent one, if you will, interviewed the one that was in jail and said, why do you think you are in prison right now? Is it because of how you live or where we grew up? Because we both grew up in the same area. He said, no, it was expectation. People expected me to be the person I am, therefore I live up to it. People don't realize how powerful imposed expectations are to individuals, and therefore they end up acting out. In my book, Moving Forward Craziesly, I talk about how a lot of times we deal with identity crisis and identity issues. We oftentimes behave on who we think we are versus who we truly are. Is
2: Is that more powerful to act on? Uh, impulse in, in things like, in situations like that. And, and what, what, the reason I say that is because a lot of, t- a lot of times we look at our role models, right? And, uh, even as kids, we, we look at our role models and we instantly know that's who I want to be like or, or that's the person I want to be like or I want to have that life or what may have you. So is it more, is, is it positive to act off impulse?
0: Um, Impulsive, impulsive reactions and action all depends on what the intent, the underlying intent is, if you will. Let's say, for example, if you are involved in a hostile situation, natural instinct is to impulsively act irrationally or in a mode of defense. Does it make sense?
2: Makes perfect sense.
0: So, so let's say, for example, if you are in an environment where your child is threatened, as a protector, your first impulse is to do whatever you can to a protect your child, second yourself and then eradicate whatever the threat is, right? Right. Sometimes, even in an intellectual environment, people take that same type of mentality, but yet they don't, they should think first. So it all depends, based on the questions you ask me, it depends on what impulse or reaction you get ready to respond with.
2: Hmm. I like that. I think I can rock with that.
0: But yes, is, yes it, so.
1: is
2: well? What's that? I'm sorry, Ella. I, I don't want to cut you off, brother. Go ahead.
0: Oh, no, 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 go ahead, go ahead, Question. I am going to ask you a question. You answer that question. Do you think that it's cool to react impulsively?
2: Yes, sir. I, I support impulse <laughs> actions. I do, man.
0: I, I support
2: impulse <laughs> actions. I, listen, I, I do for kids. You know what I mean? I, I think kids need that, man. Kids, look, when you're young, if you don't get a chance to act off impulse now, you're going to do it later. So, for a grown ass man to act off impulse, I think it's irresponsible uh, uh, uh many times, but for a child to act off impulse when they see something positive now now I'm, I'm speaking totally on positive things, you know what i mean okay, I'm, not, I'm, not, glad, I'm not talking I'm about the negative things yeah 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 I'm not, I'm not talking about the negative stuff because I, let's just face it, man, every kid is going to do the negative stuff one whether it 's speeding, whether it's smoking weed, whether it's taking a pill with the friends, or you know a kid is going to do something negative. But I hope and pray to God that somebody has instilled some positive growth in them, you know, some individuality in them so that they won't continue on on that path. Now, that's not all kids because a lot of kids aren't going to go that route. You know, thank God I didn't have to go that route. I mean, I smoke weed. Don't get it wrong. i not not get it twisted. I did. And by the way, I, I did inhale, folks. Shout out to everybody out there. I did inhale, and I enjoyed every damn minute of it. But what I mean is I support impulse actions from kids because that's what kids do. The bounce back is what really matters. And, and that's why everything that a child does should come from influence from their parents. And parents should act responsibly all the time. Therefore, parents should not act off impulse. Parents should not do things that are, unration- that are irrational. They just shouldn't, especially when you have when you know when you have kids or, or or should I say adults shouldn't act irrational. Adults shouldn't act off impulse, and especially not for the negative. Six one nine six three eight eight five five nine. You kicking it on the KLRP radio show with Pudgy and Ella. You guys know how we do it. You have BIG in my book. Appreciate you guys listening. Look, Ella, let's let's bring let's bring the host on, man, because the show is all about this guy. This dude is a beast right here. When when I say a beast, say so lately. I've always kept up with him because that's my brother from the Frederick Douglass Foundation as well. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And uh, we sit at some of the same tables around this state, you know, at times. And it's not been a time when I hadn't agreed with the man. You know what I mean? So I was I was ready to get my man on the show because he's a very insightful brother, very cool brother, very laid back. You know what I mean? He says what's on his mind. He always has an intelligent thought, and he, it is not off impulse. Welcome to the show, Chris Shellard, folks. Chris of Durham, North Cackalacky. What's up, C? Oh, what's up, bro? Hey, man, how are you, man?
3: Black man trying to survive in a cold and harsh world. <laughs> but I'm how here. You
2: doing?
0: How you doing, Chris? This is L. How you doing,
3: sir? Hey, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? I'm doing well,
0: boss. Thank you. I heard great things about you, so I'm excited about the show.
3: Oh man, it's all alleged, man. They can't prove anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta apologize
2: to everybody too. I, I got caught in traffic. I knew we were gonna do the show early because we we like to accommodate our guests. So we had we had asked Chris. When could he come on the show? You know, between 6 and 9. He let us know when we could come on the show. I was late. I apologize, folks. I got no producer tonight. It's only me because we're early, and we're even earlier on the West Coast time, and that's where the producers are. So my apologies to you, Chris. My apologies to you, Ella. My apologies to all the listeners out there. I see the queue lightening up, so there's a lot of people on the show. So let's get it started. Mr. Scheller, let the folks, yes, know, a let, let the folks know a little bit about who you are, brother, if you will.
3: Uh-huh. Okay, I'm the managing partner of a law firm in Durham and Baltimore and New York and D.C. <laughs> called okay. Shella Harrison House, uh, the six lawyers. I've mm-hmm. handled more than 100 major felony jury trials, more than 50 murder cases. We do employment law, condemnation, all variations of civil and criminal law. All three named partners admitted to the United States Supreme Court. Uh, I have two published books out there, uh, Grinding It Out and Reasonable Facsimile. And... uh just a regular brother from Hillsborough, North Carolina. He really
2: wants to contribute to his community. That resume is major. B-I-G to Chris Sellers. <laughs> that, that that legal resume is major. They can say what they want. They can't take the accomplishments away, baby. That legal resume oh, they can. major. Major with a capital M. I love it.
3: man. I appreciate it, bro. I appreciate so, it.
2: Man, I, I have so much to ask. I got so much to ask. But I, I'm sorry. Let me be. Let me be a little bit selfish. I'm going to be a lot selfish for a second. The health care bill, Chris, help me out, man, because I'm not the only person out here that's saying that this particular health care bill, let, let me clarify now, I got to give you some background about me. I'm a conservative, but I have common sense, unlike some conservatives that we know out there. Listen, I do believe that there's a need for some type of revamp, revamp of the health care that we offer American American citizens, legal American citizens in, in America. You dig what I'm saying? But oh,
3: absolutely. Absolutely.
2: this particular health care bill right here, come on, man. This it, why, why? This is not legal, Chris. You Help me out, brother. Is this legal, okay. man? This is
3: it really legal? Well, there's, there's two points of view, man. One is how I feel personally about it, and two is my legal point of view on it. Now, the legal point of view, I got to tell you, man, Robert's got it right. Uh, the government can always tax you. I mean, people are upset right now because they're saying that they never framed it as a tax. Mm-hmm. But they don't have to. It's not like we have to announce. It's not like you're playing all the oxen free or you're playing horse and you got to announce I'm going off the backboard. It doesn't matter. It's matter how it's construed by the law. Now, am I in love with this bill? No, I'm not in love with it. I think there's definitely some changes we need in healthcare, but um, I don't like the way it's structured. I don't like the way it's set up, and it concerns me as a, as, a, as American citizen. And you're right. We're all paying in, but we're going to be covering over the people that aren't part of the system because they simply. You know, the the bill's set up so that if you're a U.S. citizen, you have to buy it, right? You have to get the coverage. The problem is, if someone's not a U.S. citizen, they get injured, they go to the hospital. They're not going to turn them down and say, no, we can't cover you.
1: Exactly!
3: The the system's still going to have to cover them, which Uh, means we'll be paying for it. And, you know... (laughs) It's it's it, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to all of us because the reality is, I mean, we're humans and we don't want to see someone just die on the street. We can't have a guy come in there shot, and because you know, you're a citizen, we don't they, we don't serve him, we don't help him. But right. the reality is, there's got to be something else that they can do. There's, there's 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 not all the all the iterations of it don't make sense to me. You're putting all the burden on the American public, and we're not talking about an insignificant population here. We're right. Talking about a very large, you know, we're talking millions of people. There aren't going to be forced, can't be taxed, can't be forced to do anything to join the system. And that's going to be a rider and a burden on the system. And there's nothing that a health care bill can do to address
2: that. Wow. I don't even know where to go from here anymore because I, I know that there's millions and millions of people out there that's going, we need help. What's going to happen to the people when they need some real assistance? When someone gets cancer, they're going to turn them away and we're not getting this kind of help. My ultimate question, and and I guess this is not even a legal question, this is a a conversation among uh, like-minded individuals, but ultimately I I wonder why aren't they trying to correct what's wrong within the system now rather than create something totally new and build upon it from scratch again? You know, we got challenges. What's that?
3: You know what it is, bro, more than anything else? But the insurance companies have run roughshod over of the American people for a lot of years, bro. And the reality is, is that I don't want to use no foul language, but you remember the phrase, give a brother a rope, you want to be a cowboy? Yep. And the reality is the insurance companies have gone so far from just, you know, taking care of what people have paid for that this is the reaction to it. Now the reality is, for a long time, insurance companies were denying coverage to people who had coverage that had paid for years, and it turns out, say, you didn't tell them that you had the flu when you were <laughs> eight years old, and they'll deny your coverage.
1: Right. Now the
3: reality is, it's that if they hadn't been doing that, if they had really been just saying, you know what, you paid your premiums and whatever, and you know maybe you didn't disclose that you had chicken pox when you were a kid, but we're going to cover you. They didn't do that. Right. So the reality is, it's like. You do that for so long and then you get such a you get a strong reaction to it where people just go from one extreme to the other. And now they're they're crying because like, Oh my god, oh my god, they're gonna lose all this money but they put themselves in that situation because they were denying so many people coverages or, you know, charging. I mean, me as a private citizen what drives me crazy is until recently, you know, there's three members of my family, my wife, my son and myself, right? Sure. So why is it that my insurance rate is the same as a family for most places, is it the same as a family of seven people? Wow. Why do I pay the same amount? That doesn't make any sense. insurance company has been doing that for years, knocking us dead. Six, and one, now,
2: nine. I'm sorry, man. I'm I, no, no, just,
3: I, I just quoting Malcolm X. chickens can just come home to roost, man.
2: Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, wait, wait, Malcolm X on us on show. <laughs> Ella Thomas, author, man. Ella, you, you, you're you, a very smart guy, man. You're, you're a brilliant guy. Let me keep it funky. You're a brilliant guy. I want to give you your props.
0: What do you think about all this, man? How do you
2: feel about well, all
0: first, this? Well, first and foremost, I'm humbled by um, your accolades. Um, don't necessarily think I'm brilliant, but thank you. I will say this. I have a good friend. I have, a lot of my... Fraternity brothers and a lot of my friends are specialists in the medical field, as in surgeons and anesthesiologists. And they are so irate at this moment. I mean, first and foremost, I personally feel that there should be a revamping of the healthcare system, but to this magnitude, it has affected more people than it actually is going to help, in my opinion. And in the long run, I think we're going to find ourselves in a situation that it's gonna cause us to find a way to revamp this year in the next three, you know, four years. To be honest with you, because the way it was structured, it was—I don't think it was structured with the strength of the American people. Period. So, um, a good friend of mine he said, Eller, you know what? He's the top surgeon in Washington State right now,
1: uh-huh. and
0: he he did he tests when when he gave me a call and that bill Like, I am hot about it." <laughs> I'm like, okay, why are you hard about it? But I didn't realize that when you're a specialist, now you you as a specialist you can charge whatever rate that you needed to charge in in order to get paid for all your time and of course all your knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. So this affects them adversely the sense that now they actually have are limited to what they can actually charge to give the same type of expertise of knowledge as well as the same treatment as they would on a higher end level so he's kind of like well hell what's the point of me going to school for all these years if this is how it's going to end up being
2: wow uh-huh. how I, can't, I, the
0: same thing too.
2: I don't know what to say man i'm i'm i it's just unbelievable to me because i already knew common sense right that's all i can offer look i look i ain't graduated from nowhere <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got a couple of diplomas. Been in business for a long time. I, I can do I, I can do a lot with some numbers. You give me a budget, I can do that, and I can make you some money. But here's what I'm asking, man. And and I'm not a brilliant by any means. You guys are the are the brilliant black people on the show today. The beautiful brilliant black people, all them bees. We like that. And you, B.I.G. in my book. <laughs> but listen, man. Ultimately, man, we we okay. We have a situation already, and, and like I said, we have a situation in healthcare already. Uh, We do have things in place like clinics and, and, you know, things of that nature. I'll just say things of that nature. But those places aren't performing at their best because of, and correct me if I'm wrong, but because of lack of funds in large part. Is that right or not?
3: I think you're right on that, but you know what? Uh, If you go down to the local clinics and you go see who's there, you'd be surprised to see who's there, man. A lot of African-American communities don't use their own clinics that are there. You go to the clinics like here in Durham, you'll see a lot of illegals there getting treatment. And that's what's overtaxing the system.
2: Why is it? Why Why aren't we using what we have in place, and why aren't we trying to build upon what we have in place?
1: If we're Ain't really no
2: I mean, really, really, I mean, let's keep it fucking now. If we're really sincere about health care, we, if, if we're really sincere about helping Americans with this health care bill, if this is the real reason as a health care bill, why aren't we really helping Americans? Why aren't we correcting where we're already wrong instead of adding to the problem?
3: You know, I wonder if these guys really know what the problem is, outsiders. I mean, you and I know because we're here on the grassroots level, they're at a certain level that they don't know who's showing up in the clinics. They don't know who's getting the treatment. They don't know that these people don't have money. All they know is that there's uninsured people that go to emergency rooms, but they don't realize that everyday preventive treatment could be there if it wasn't overtaxed
2: by people that shouldn't be there. Amen. Amen to that. 619 638 Five, 8559, five, fellas, Six one nine, six, three, eight, eight, five, five, nine We're on the air with Super, I call him Super Defense Attorney Chris Sheller. The man offers more than that. But, you know, I, that, that's just a favorite name that I like to give him. I wish he'd wear a cape. For Halloween, you got to wear a cape. I want you to take a picture with a cape in the courtroom. Oh, uh,
3: I'm thinking my you... wife will let me do that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shout
2: out to your wife, too, man. She's an extraordinary singer, and songwriter. For you guys who don't know, Chris, uh, can you let us know later on in the show where we can get her information, where we can find the oh, record, absolutely, where we can man, listen to absolutely. her? Because she's awesome, man. She is awesome. Uh, I didn't know the girl had skills like that. So shout out to your wife, man, Mrs. Scheller. She holds it down.
3: Thank you, bro. Thank you. No doubt. Let's get a little she's bit a more... I'm,
2: I'm sorry, say that one more time, brother.
3: Yeah, she's a real talent in the family, brother. I'm a hack. Just real talk.
2: If you the hack, I, I can't be I can't even be a bum uh-huh. on y'all's step. If it's just like that, man. I, you know, oh, I'm, I'm saying, I'm I know, sad. you know, I can't be homeless on that street, man. I was gonna ask for some change, but never mind, you know. Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, yeah, Buddy. I'm
1: gonna have to
0: be one of those recipients of the new
1: healthcare
0: bill just like oh. Chris. Oh, <laughs> Way. Anyway. all right, brother, let
3: me
2: stop interrupting. And let you handle your business, man. You the man, you know, you the man, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey,
2: Chris, man, you know, I just, I just read an article uh that that had your name in it. And uh oh. I don't know if I read it on Facebook or I read it in the newspaper or where was it? But um don't bring that up. No, okay. I mean man, listen man. You have no I'm I'm not gonna talk about that, that particular issue. But I, I am gonna I am gonna ask you about uh uh the the variety of clients that you have. You got a hell of a client list, man. Where do those people seek you where how the hell do they get in touch with Chris Sheller? And who are these folks, man? How, how do they get in touch with Chris Sheller? Because there's a lot of people out there that need legal services, and you are a beast in the courtroom. So, you know, how does one right. get in touch with Chris Sheller?
3: Easiest way is go to my website at shellalaw.com. That's dot com. That's the easiest way to get in contact with me. But some of these people, like the one you're probably referring to,
1: <laughs> they got in
3: contact with people through the community
1: <laughs> yeah. who asked
3: me to come and step in. And, <laughs> and fight for them, but like, everybody wow. don't want
1: help, man,
3: everybody can't
1: accept it, Amen. you know wow. See, he's laughing, but Yeah. A
2: bit of an inside joke right now, I don't know if you people read the article out there, but
1: Google him, I'll let y'all
2: Google it, now
1: boy,
2: <laughs> one of the callers call in, and they and they mentioned this, I got, hey, I, my hands are off there's nothing I can say, you know, I like to call them their way, but I'm not going to bring it up no more I'm going to let it go, I will say okay. yes, ass clients, I'm sorry I got much love yeah. for you you got some crazy ass clones, and that particular one is crazy on a whole nother level. But anyway, anyway, Why
3: do you think I'm out, bro. Why do you think I'm out? <laughs> I told
2: you, I, hey Alan, I told you the man was brilliant. You see what I mean? He he's like chess. He knows when to move, and you know. Well,
0: that that that's a sign of a great attorney, my good man, an individual who actually knows knows the board and know what moves to make before someone else does. That's just that's just great. Are you are you esquire? Well, all
3: of us are, man. I am, but the thing is this, man, all brothers know when to move, man. Question yes, is whether yeah. we listen to ourselves or not. We all we all come with that, man. We all deal with that. You know when to move, you know when you're dealing with somebody that's crazy, you know when you're dealing with someone that's not, you know when somebody's trying to hurt you, and you just gotta listen to your inner voice and when it tells you to bounce, you bounce.
2: I like that. That's something
3: that well, all of
0: us got inside of
2: us. Yeah.
0: Or you could take putty spin on it, which he told me earlier that he truly believes in acting impulsively. <laughs>
2: Hey, as long as it's responsibly, man, you act and pose all you want. If you want to jump off that bridge, have your parachute or your bungee cord. Go ahead, jump. Go ahead. Do your, you know, do what you want to do. I mean, look at the president. Hey, I'm not going to get on the president today. We're talking about Chris Sheller, folks. Chris Scheller, man. This man is B.I.G., folks. You'll be able to check him out. He's also on Facebook. Catch him out all over the place. We're going to have a link posted about Mr. Scheller here on the on the com website. Check it out next week, probably on Tuesday or right after the 4th, we'll have some information about Mr. Scheller because he just said something that was very amazing, and that's something that I wanted to touch on, the community. He said, you know, people from the community sought him out and, and asked him, you know, would he come in and represent someone. Chris, I, I've always wondered this, man. How do you, especially as a defense attorney, how do you just decide, you know what, I'm not going to defend this person? Or, you know, how does that work when a person's guilty and you just, you know, I don't even know how how that works. Period within the legal system. If someone well, comes to you and, and asks for your services, and you know, how do you tell them no, or how do you agree to take the case?
3: Well, reality is this, and you know, a lot of times, you know, I always have the final word as to what kind I represent, who I accept, and who I don't. Um, sometimes it's based on can they afford me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's based on do I feel that they have a a, a viable defense that just has not being exploited. Reality is we all know that there's guys out there that are excellent lawyers and there are guys out there that are crap. And for some reason, a lot of times when you look like me, you, and Pudgy, that uh, we don't get, you know, the glories that fight for you like that. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I just say just based on that because I'm not so far removed from my family being in those situations. I'm not so sure. far removed from uncles I had that been in jail
1: right, right
3: family members, you know. And... It's not all about making money. It's about giving back to the community. And sometimes you just need to let them know, you know what, you're just not going to run over this brother here. We're not going to have it. Um, I had a trial recently where, man, there was a guy out in Goldsboro, out the east, they were talking about a bunch of these, bunch of these robberies of these stores out there. It's in federal court. Five people came in and testified. Five, Half of them is cousins snitching on them. Wow. Went to trial, hung the jury. They were all saying, that's my cousin. He was there with me. They hung the jury. And the reality is, is that, you know what, we're going to make you actually put them to the proof. It's not just enough to bring those people in. You don't bring any physical evidence in. You can't convict this man. And you got to have, have someone there that's willing to fight for him to say that. And that's what I did in that case. You know, And uh, in the case that you we're, we're, were jumping around here <laughs> or there, I was trying to do that for her as well. But, you know, some folks don't want to listen. Some folks want to be, you know, they want to be the star. They want to be on TV. And they don't understand that it's not about that.
2: Wow! about keeping
3: their mouth shut, and you know, the fact is, they revealed my whole defense theory to the to the prosecution a year before trial. That's amazing. So, yeah, how, how can I fight? How can I spend all this energy? Which I'm doing pro bono, bro. I was doing it pro bono. What? Not about making money? I was doing that pro bono. And hold
2: up, for my listeners. Now, the man just said he was doing it for free. Okay, I just want y'all to understand what's going on here. The man said. He was doing it for free, and the damn client blew it. Man, how stupid are you, man? How stupid can you be? Especially when you're facing well, you a lot
0: know, of issues, <laughs> is that, for some reason, as powerful as Mr. Scheller is and the knowledge that he has, as expansive as it is, a lot of individuals associate a value with a dollar figure, not understanding that the value that he was really getting was worth more than the price he could have even paid in that particular situation. I just find it interesting in a society that we still um, can't understand that there's some value that will come from someone just investing their time in you and not expecting anything back from you just to see you move forward in life. And I just think it's ridiculous and incredible how so many individuals are so simple-minded in it. And it, and it um, forgive me, it fires me up. Oh, my
2: Man, I, I, you know what? I don't think I have it in me to be a lawyer, man. And and my my wife says I does because you know we always debating something, and I just can talk louder than her. But uh, <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It, it do really I, I look, I know who the boss is, man. I'm not stupid, man. I mean, I, I know who the I boss say, is, bro. man. I mean, you, we know what time it is. This thing. I don't know if she's listening. I can't really see, but I, we know who the boss is. And you know, I, you know, she says I can do that because I, I read a lot, man. I read a lot. I debate a lot, and I'm always talking about facts and everything that I say. Ninety five of the ninety five percent of the things that I say are, are mostly based off fact and and not my opinion. You know, because when I put my opinion in things and my heart get involved, and you know, when you're when your heart gets in something you, you get offended by what people say When you put your heart in it But when, you, when you're when dealing with the facts The facts are the facts Whether people like it or not You know, so I don't well, I
3: know an do excellent lawyer Because one, you, you base it on the facts Two, you do the work And three, you know how intelligent you are If you, if you decide hmm. to be a lawyer You'd be better than 90% of the lawyers The first day you came out of law school, man
2: Uh-oh, Chris Teller Just off me a job I like that Uh-oh. Let's get it. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> Come on in, bro
3: Go get that degree Come on in. I'm telling you, you would make a great lawyer, man. I've been around you and talked to you, heard you. See the way you analyze things, and, and
2: you're there. there, you're bro. It. Yeah, I'm popping my collar right now for everybody. I'm doing, I'm doing like <laughs> Obama did in the campaign when he was acting like he liked Jay Z, when he was brushing his shoulders off. This man oh, don't wow. like, don't don't even like capitalism, but gonna gonna like somebody who cut up a Maybach in the video. Are you serious? Anyway. <laughs> You know, I did that after a trial one
3: time. I got a not guilty. and brushed my shoulders off. did nobody know what I was doing except my client.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know hey, what? Um, I sneak some popcorn into a Chris Shella trial. What's up, Ellen? I'm sorry.
0: No, I'm up here. I'm reading on Chris, and Chris, I think you have such a phenomenal background. A Morehouse graduate, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. I'm, I'm
3: a, a brother of the house, but, you know. If, okay, it's not, well where I'm looking folks, everyone's been somewhere, everyone's got a past and it's just what you're doing now, you know what I'm saying, man, I mean, I've done some things, but I know you have to so collar, i mean yeah. i i I'm, I'm in I'm in good company right here, yeah, I'm in good company right
1: here
3: i, I, I you know I, I know where I am, I know who I'm around and i'm I'm proud to be here with y'all, man. <laughs> I
2: love I that, appreciate. I like to hear that too For real uh, one Look.
0: thing I want to point out is that uh, I will be doing a tour here got exactly the same in early two thousand thirteen, I'm just putting everything together. And having individuals like yourself, if it's if available, I'll send out the invitation. But essentially what I was talking to um, Pudger God earlier is that a lot of African american men have lost their kingliness. And even though we actually have it innately as a seed, it hasn't been properly right, right. fertilized. And so essentially I'm going to put together a warrior tour because, you know, brothers, we actually are a war spiritually, mentally, physically, and financially. And it's time for us to take back our kingdom um, for God and for ourselves. So... I'm just thinking, like, you know, have individuals like yourself and Mr. Pudgy Miller, and it's it, it, it time yeah. for a dynamic shift to take place in our community. Just holler at me, man. Mm. Just holler at me.
2: I can, I vouch, can vouch for, for him, Regular bro. I can definitely vouch for him. He's an honorary member of our organization, the Loving Father Society aka me and my brother rashad woods organization called i love being a black father baby there is a need for that folks this is why we're doing it because we need to bring individuals like you guys uh to the conversation so we can really start talking about being more responsible and i know that there are some irresponsible fathers out there there definitely some irresponsible black fathers out there because we know a few and uh you know guess what there's a few responsible fathers out there too and I would argue and say that they're probably more responsible parents out there than they are irresponsible, but we know, we know who gets the spotlight. Listen, we gotta go to a commercial really quick, and we're gonna come back, because I have two authors on the air, folks, if you don't know. Two authors. Both of these guys are authors. We're gonna get into their books here in just a second. We gotta go to a commercial. You guys hang on with me, man. We'll be back in just a second after these commercials. you rocking with the K.I.R.P. Radio Show, baby. 619 8559 is the number. If you wanna hit us up on Facebook, that's Facebook.com backslash krp Radio Show. We're also on iTunes. We're also on Twitter, at symbol K-I-R-P Radio Show. You're rocking with the number one black conservative show, Southeastern United States. We do it B-I-G. We'll be right back.
0: Could switching to Geico really save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee 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 all the way home? Wee! Wee wee wee! Wee!
1: Wee wee! wee, wee! Yeah.
4: You're home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. Geico.
1: Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more.
4: Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament.
0: America, the NFL, and United Way are inspiring kids to get healthy and more active. Join the Play 60 movement. Pledge to Play 60
1: today at LiveUnited.org. K I R P Radio.
2: If money tops, I got my master's in communication. But I don't run it,
4: I run it for a hundred. Ever since I wasn't young and been hungry, it's called bunion. You've been so fix to plumbing,
2: I'm a beast in the game, you run it. And if this ain't what you call hip hop,
0: it must be bungee jumping. Eat side on my arms, three stripes on my sneakers. And even if they slip slippers, they better be Adidas.
2: Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to the KRR Radio Show. You guys are B-I-G, double B-I-G in my book, man, and we are on the air with my co-host Ella Thomas, author of Moving Forward Courageously, and our special guest, super defense attorney, my man, none other than Chris Scheller, and we are back on the air, folks. Chris.
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
2: Man, uh, it seems that you uh, you wrote this this book in your spare time after defending the free world, and you know, having family and doing all these wonderful things that you do.
1: <laughs> Seems
2: that you found the time somehow to uh write this magnificent book that you wrote and you also did a book tour, man, and I don't know if you got a clone running around here, maybe you're cool with Clinton. You got a you got a clone running around here, you got the you got the first Something edition clone. That, man. Something like Something that. Something like
1: that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well my
2: eyes are red right now. My kids ask me what was wrong with me. They're like, Daddy, your eyes are red, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Because I'm staying up all night, man, so I need to find out how I can get taps on one of them clones you got, brother, and uh, see if I can't put me one back here in the closet or something, because I, 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 need, I need to use it. Tell us about your book, brother.
3: Oh, uh, uh, bro, which one?
2: Oh, oh I'm, so, I'm sorry. The last book you wrote, let me get, I don't even have my notes here in front of me, bro. Tell us about both of them. Why not? I'm sorry. I got
3: a book called Grinding It Out, How to Create a 6 Figure Law Practice, which is really, it's a practice book aimed at lawyers to try and explain to them, really, uh, how to be successful? Because the reality is there's a lot of guys coming out of law school right now sure. are starving. They're straight-up starving. January of, I think, '09, I read an article uh, in New York Times it was talking about this guy who went to Columbia Law School, over 200 grand in debt. Woo. But he couldn't get a job anywhere. So instead of going out and creating his own practice, he decided to go work at Foot Locker. Now, don't get me wrong. ain't hey, nothing wrong with working at Foot Locker, but if you got a law degree... And you too scared oh. to go out there and put your shingle out there and try to make a living? You know, there's a problem. And that's what the book was about. It was about to try and convince people and motivate them to know that they come in equipped with everything that they need to, to be successful in their own law practice. You just gotta go out there, you know, and stake their claim. And that's what the book is that's what that book's about. Wow. Uh, the other what? book
1: <laughs>
3: The other book which is actually it's it's weird, I actually wrote the the, the, the second book I wrote before I wrote the first book that came out, and that book is a, a fiction novel called Reasonable Facsimile. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's Monty. a wild book, man. It's a, it's a brother. It's about a brother who's a defense attorney in his late forties, and uh, you know he's just following. He's hanging on to life on the bottom, wrong, and he uh, had lost his family because they left him because he couldn't, you know, keep Mister Happy in his pants and. He is an alcoholic who spends all his time drinking and trying cases. And it gets to a <laughs> point in the book where he, you know, sort of he's lost what he used to be like an ACE, but he's lost everything because he's just so involved in the criminal lifestyle that he, you know, he's the defense attorney. He's become just like the criminals he represents. And in fact, there's a scene where he's in trial and he's cross examining his witness to a murder. Mm-hmm. And this dude is talking to him like he's his best friend because they done hung out and chased girls together. It's, oh, it's, man. It's like the it's, it's yeah, street hustler, and um, it just—it just—it's just a book about a man who, who realizes it's the bottom level, realizes it, and tries to find a way to try and, and get his life back, a uh, struggle to get up back on that letter and to be back to the person that he was.
2: I and, like um, that. I I don't know why I have I've, I've been in so many places with you, man, and we talked so so many times, and this man has not asked me to buy his book not one time. And uh, (laughs) I'm willing to support, brother. I mean, I I make a little bit over minimum wage, and you know I got a bunch of kids, so I'm taking all donations, but I would love to support that book, man. Man, I don't don't
3: mind sending you a copy of my book, man, because the reality is you out there doing a service for the community, man. you putting ideas and reality out there to people so they can understand what's really going on, man. Instead of watching these other TV shows and all this bull crap that's on TV, you're out there talking the real to people, and that's that, that's worth a lot more than gold, brother.
2: I
1: appreciate I mean, that.
3: Shoot, if these guys really knew, man, I mean, the reality is to me, before I, I was I, I was most of my life I was a Democrat, sure. and you know what I've seen? I've seen black community being handed out crumbs and happy for it. I've seen black leaders getting everything and not handing anything down to community. But when I'm in the meetings, I'm with you. I see young brothers that are struggling to try and achieve something. As young brothers are trying to get back to community, trying to help, running food programs, running education programs. That's when I see the difference, man. And that's why I'm so proud to be in those rooms with you, dealing with these people and helping folks, because you're really making a difference, man. And so many of these Democrats, people, we, I don't know what it is about our community. We just got that that addiction to the Democratic Party, and they got no love for us. They take us for granted day in, day out, and we'll continue to.
2: Wow. Yeah, you you put it better than I could put it, cause I'd have been cursing and slurring and that. I get, I get, I mean, I'm so passionate about it, Chris, man, because I, like you, man, I, I've seen it, and I and I ask people all the time, and I don't even get on this Democrat Republican thing so much, or Republican thing so much. But, man, it's it's clear. And I, I just said to my pop last night, shout out my pops and my moms who came up here for the first time. I done, I done lived all over the world, and they finally decided to come to Greensboro. But I'm happy about that. So it's all good. I mean, Burlington, excuse me. But I've seen it, man, all my life. I've seen people. And I just said to him, I said, you know what? All of my life, you guys voted Democrat, right? And the whole family, they've been voting Democrat, voting Democrat, voting Democrat. I said, now, if you had a bodyguard that walked with you everywhere you went, right? To the store to work whatever this guy was to guard you but you always got robbed every week you got robbed or every other week you got beat up or every every other week you got taken advantage of whose fault is that isn't it the fault of the guy who who you've been paying to protect you but meanwhile that person who you've been paying keeps saying you know what well it's their fault you know it's their fault over there those people way over there who not even paying no attention to me in large part and that's my beef with the Republican Party but you know at at the same time. So I realize what's been going on. I know that Republicans said, you know what, in large part, we kind of don't care about what's going on over there because we did our part for those people, and they still turn it back to me. And hell yeah, I said those people, by the way. And I'm black, so (laughs) it up. Because I know somebody out there going, did he say those people? I know he didn't. Did he think he white? Man, forget all that, man. At the end of the day. At the very end of the day, the very people who were in our communities taking care of us were the same people that were taking advantage of us, and in reality they were never taking care of us in the first place.
3: And it's even worse than that, man. Think about this. They're talking about all these other rights for all these other groups, all these other things, inclusions. We're going to do this for gay marriage. We're going to do this for immigration. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. What about us, man? Where's (laughs) our job? Where's our community? Where's our success? We see us in jail, but that's cool. And then the, the funny thing is, uh, you know, I know y'all in the triad, but here in Durham, I've never seen a place so gentrified in my life, man. They are just buying up the black community, and folks ain't gonna have nothing. And the Democratic leaders ain't saying crap about it, man.
2: Well, you know, they, they never said anything about the far See, man, the font, the percentage of far, the last time I checked, and this maybe it's been two years ago, or or maybe a little more, two to three years, I'll say. But the last time I checked, the percentage of, of foreign-owned businesses in the black community had went up 400 percent in ten years, brother. In ten years, man, from 1995 to two, it was 2005 statistics. From 1995 to 2005, the foreign-owned business percentages in the black communities 400 percent upward. Are you kidding me, man? Who's asking, do you want a, a Alibaba <laughs> bodega in your neighborhood? Nobody's asking these people. They're just moving in. And with all due respect, there's a hell of a lot of storefront churches too. But I don't see that in the predominantly white neighborhoods because you know why? And and people want to blame white folks for that, but you know why? Because these people calling their damn senators and going, you know what, we ain't going for that. These people yep. from Palestine, no disrespect to nobody, man. But these people are not even from the United States. How the hell are they going to put a store over here before I even get an opportunity to do that?
3: True that, man. True that. True
2: Selling that. who knows what. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, Come yep. on, man. All right, we got we to gotta smarten up and be real about this, man. So how can you vote for the people that allow that? Look at Al, Al and them boys, man. They good. They good in their pockets. They're paid in full. They're happy.
1: Oh. Uh, who you tell I
2: don't, him, don't, wear, uh, I don't who wear a, sweat, a Baloo sweatsuit no more. He wearing an Italian, Italian dress suits, man. You know he don't wear. He got a money from Sirius
3: and from uh, uh, MSNBC, saying what they want him to see, what they want to hear him say.
2: Word. And meanwhile, we just get on the DeVry commercial. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> what you gonna do with your life?
2: What you gonna do with your life? I see you sitting there. What are you gonna do? I hate that damn commercial, man. What are you gonna do with your life? Get up out of that seat. Go register for school. Shut up, man. Why you shut up, man? <laughs> so I, I could jump in the TV and tell the dude on the DeVry commercial to shut up.
1: Three eight eight
2: five five nine, acting like we ain't doing nothing over here, man. Anyway, man, Chris, man, I, you know, speaking of, let me go back to your book, if it's just a second. And, Ellen, I want to okay. ask you about your book as well, because what I really want to know, well, let's bring it out now. What inspired you, you to write your book? Um, let me start with Ellen. What inspired you to actually write that book, man? What what made you decide, you know what, I need to write this type of book to help people? And and the same thing for you, Chris, when you wrote the book to help other struggling attorneys. You know, what inspired you guys? Elliot?
0: Okay, first, um, I, thank you very much, Pudgy. I'm going to go ahead and just acknowledge Chris, say thank you for I'm reading some reviews on the book. That's a very powerful book. I know there are many attorneys that I know who actually will benefit from this book, so I'm definitely gonna turn them on to that. Who would have known just that by being on this particular call, meeting you, that some other attorney can be inspired and it's be inspired by what you wrote? And I appreciate that, bro. Um, to answer your question, uh-huh. uh, no problem, sir. Um, to answer your question, Pudge, there are very there are many factors to why I wrote moving forward courageously. But initially, the book was written for as as a ghostwriting project for my business mentor in the commercial real estate business. He was a 65-year-old Jewish man, and eventually he said, um, "El, I need you to write about my life. And I came up with the principles, et cetera, et cetera. We had a business deal that fell apart. Of course, it kind of destroyed our relationship. And for six months, the book went untouched, and God was like, you know what, I need you to revamp and rewrite this book. So moving forward crazily, Seven Secrets to Restoring Love, Money, and Happiness in Your Life, made me identify there's a lot of people who are living beneath their means, they're living substandard lifestyles, and the reason why they're doing it is because they lack the courage that's necessary to get to that next level. So essentially what I did is put the word courage and made it a seven-step systematic process, how people start living in power and purpose, spiritually, mentally, physically, and financially. Now, I know as an individual who's gone through many particular storms and have uh, conquered them. I know there's other individuals who are suffering from similar situations that I suffer from, and therefore that prompted the book moving forward quickly. Uh, my website, com, is a website that's full of content, and it was created by professional and empowerment speakers, like my, myself and my colleagues, just to give people information how to live through that next challenge, through that next day. Because one thing I learned, loss, challenge, I mean, you think about it, you lost your money, you lost your family. It's kind of difficult to live that next moment with a smile, right? <laughs> yep. it's, going take mm-hmm. courage to, it's going to take courage to overcome that relationship um, issue or that divorce that didn't work out. It's going to take courage for you to move on after your job laid you off. It's going to take courage for you to rise up that state of um, self-pity so to you know transcend into promise. So I knew that I had to represent the millions of individuals out there who are going to need to be inspired to be provoked to do greater things.
2: Wow, I like that. I mean, that's B.I.G. I like that's that, uh, yeah. That's that sounds like you were motivated and moved to write that book. That's what's up because that that's passion right there. I mean, you can put passion in words. That means a lot because it will help the multitudes of people. I mean, repeatedly throughout the years. You know, I'm still I'm still seeing people read uh, the Seven Habits, uh, the Seven Effective Effective Habits of I forget what it's called, man. Seven Habits was the course uh, that I took. I'm sure you guys have heard it before, but uh, you know, I, see, I, I knew Ella would know. This guy is, just this, this <laughs> got an MBA, man. He don't forget too much. Yeah. I mean, these, these smart <laughs> Negroes. Brother's
3: working, man. He does his <laughs> thing,
2: bro. Yeah, he's smart guy. These smart Negroes, I can't, can't compete <laughs> with them. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> what about you? What about you, Chris? Man, you know what, what? What inspired you to actually write that book to help somebody? Because I'm sure there were other things that you could have done.
3: Yeah, you know, actually, what happened for me is in '09 I lost my mom, and when I did that, it sort of like came to a point. You know, where I realized that life is short, and there's a lot of things I've always wanted to do, but I never yeah. took the time to do it. I just yeah. put my nose so much to the grindstone that I felt like, and you know, I didn't want life to pass me by and not, you know, put my contribution out there. And uh, with the with the legal book, what it came down to, man, is like I said, but the other things we talked about, there's so many, like, young brothers and sisters coming out of law school that are trying to be successful, and the old heads aren't helping them, man. They look at them as competition. They lead them down the wrong way. They ain't paying them right. They ain't helping them. So I'm trying to let them know that they can be successful too, man. Because, I mean, there was a couple of dudes that helped me when I came out of law school. To get, well, not really law school, so I was a DA. But when I came out of the DA's office in New York to start practicing, there was a brother up in New York, man. Like, a lot of people were trying to take advantage of me. Like, one thing they do is they tell people, come work for office space. So they have you doing you know, $5,000 of office space, $5,000 of work, and you for a $400 office. This I told him I am going to do it. This brother said, man, come on in here. He gave me an office for 400 bucks and started me on my path, man. So I'm like, I'm trying to give back to young brothers and sisters all across the country, So just like that brother helped me, to let them explain what the game is out here. And that they can be successful too. All it takes is believing in them themselves. And um, the other book, I, I just, I just decided that I've known so many crazy stories about lawyers, man. Yeah. So many, real, so many things people have told me. I've seen no one would ever believe it, and half of them I put in the book, and people still don't believe it. It's just you know, I mean, you crazy I remember knowing hearing about this lawyer that used to represent big time drug dealers in D.C., but he was a drug addict himself. He was a heroin addict, man, and he was so bad. They, some some guys I noticed at one time they were outside of near a party he was at. Yeah. And there was like a three step stoop that the guy was coming out the party. He took an hour and a half to go from the top step to the bottom because he kept losing time. Wow. Man. I mean, just, yeah. <laughs> just stuff you can't even imagine, and that's the kind <laughs> of what I threw into my book, man. Just, mm-hmm. just, just, just the wild things <laughs> I've seen and heard and and spoke to. And I try to tell everybody that character Jasper Davis ain't me, so don't even think about it. But it's a mixture of lawyers that I know, so that's what well, uh-huh. sort of motivated me to write what I did. <laughs>
2: that's crazy. Your book, your book should be a. You know what, man? We need to get together and we need to go meet some people because your book should be a script. We need to make a movie about that. But if you negotiate, oh, I got I a part, and I, I need a part. I can put you. I can oh. put you at a table. You there, man?
1: You there, bro? You, you need say, the I'm gonna drop a
3: copy. Of the, I'll drop a copy in the mail to you tomorrow from the office, bro, so you can read that. Love
1: that, all man. Right? We need a, but everybody we need else to go to
3: Amazon. dot com. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, let
2: they can get it, man. Amazon. dot com. Uh huh. Amazon,
3: Barnes and Nobles, it's all over there.
2: <laughs> I like Gindal. that. <laughs> See, that, that's capitalism at its best, man You can like it, you can love it, you can hate it Either way, it still stands, it still exists You can't, man, you can't knock capitalism And we're not talking about cronies These guys are putting in work And they're definitely trying to make a living off What they're doing and they're making it You know what I mean? It's beautiful, it's inspiring And I love it, man And, and I commend you guys for it, you know?
0: You, you know, it's interesting, gentlemen And I will never forget this I had the privilege, even going through such a odious past Um, I I had some remarkable individuals that got sent my way. And the um, the older Jewish Jewish individual, he said, Eller, this is the reason why a lot of people, no offense in your community, fail in life or they never acquire what they want in life. While most millionaires have large libraries and small TVs, a lot of people in your community have large TVs and small libraries. Oh, 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 man. He
2: can't take
1: Jimmy.
0: (laughs) Oh,
2: man. You just dissed me like that, man. I got a little 42-inch up there, man. I mean, we we got but two TVs in here. Now nah, we got more books than two TVs. I like that. That's, that's and, nice. And, it,
0: and it, it's interesting because before he would even teach me his commercial estate <laughs> practices, he, gave me, he told me five books I had to read before he would sit down and talk to me. Now, keep in mind, any I think what needs to happen, any time that you're in the presence of individuals who have knowledge and power of what you want, you should be willing to humble yourself to find out if it's, of course, if it's moral, of course, to find out, okay, what does it take to get inside this individual's head? Because these individuals got there in some way, shape, or form. They're not just going to share the information for you freely. They want to know that you have some level of tenacity, some level of a game plan that you really want to work for. it. I was in church today and the word was called Wrap Your Faith around it about Jesus healing the two blind men. And the thing that was funny about that is that Jesus was um, going on his path and he never stopped to heal the blind men. He didn't heal them until he got to the destination. And even then, when he healed them, he didn't even ask them, what did you want? He said, do you believe that I can do this? This what? Well, whatever this is, whatever your this is, of course, you're going to be able to see that's what they really wanted. But I say this, so many individuals lack the tenacity of what it takes. There's a lot of people who say, I want to be successful, but yet we are not going really, to quote, unquote, blind it out, as my brother um, eloquently put it in his writing. <laughs>
2: Help yourself, that's in other different. words. What would you say, Chris? That's the difference?
3: I say that's the difference between a lot of folks. Everyone wants it, but not everybody's willing to put the work in to get it.
2: Yeah, I think, I think that's what we face. That, that's what we face a lot of the times when it comes to people asking, you know, do you mind helping me or will you help me? I'm, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. But a lot of times when people equate their trying, is, you know, their trying isn't actually putting forth any work. Their trying is just saying, hey, I have an idea and I want some help from it. You know, not that, you know, maybe you can do it yourself before you even ask for help, you know?
3: So. You know what, man? There was a, it was a lawyer, a young lawyer that I was trying to bring into my law firm, single mother. She's actually not young. She's about around my age. But she's always had a hard time, and I've always tried. I tried to bring her into my firm. Every time I scheduled a meeting, something popped up. Every time we were supposed to go down and talk about what she could do for the firm, help, something came up. Every time, and, you know, no calls telling me that she couldn't make it Wasting my time Wow And then she wonders why she's in the quandary that she is
2: Yeah I didn't realize that happened on that type of professional level I mean, that's, got, that's disheartening How can how can you even be an attorney, practicing or not And, and not even uh, keep appointments You know, not even to the point where you can make a call And say, hey, I can't make it with a legitimate reason Not an excuse, a legitimate reason You know, hey, maybe can we postpone, or, you know, I don't know. Some of these people get their degrees, and they they lose it. They
3: forget that they're human beings. Like that other issue you had me deal with, sometimes folks just, they get that law degree, and they're they're, they're so used to being able to respond to people when they want to, or when they want to do on their time. And that's the difference between surviving and excellence. It's the difference.
2: You know, Chris, I I hear, man, and, and I don't know for certain, but I can just tell you what I've heard from various people, but uh, the bar is a beast in itself. I mean, the bar is tough, and law school is is just that much tougher from what I understand. So what is it, you know, if you could for a minute just speak to uh, maybe some kids out there or maybe, maybe some uh, maybe some adults who, who maybe want to go in the in legal profession, uh, whether it's paralegal, lawyer, you know, uh, defense attorney, you know, DA, or what may have you. You know, what are some things out there? that people really have to dig deep for before they even consider law. Because is it is it that tough? You know
3: what? It's not. Really what it comes down to is either you put willing to put the effort or not. If you're willing to work, if you know the value of a dollar, you know the value of what you can do or what you can achieve, it's not that hard. I mean, I remember those days when I was uh when I first started practicing law, I was like, Oh man, this is so tough, it's so tired, it's tired. And then someone's like, you know, this older guy I know. He was like, well you know what? I know you're tired and stressed and bailing your feet all day, but we could have been outside in the 90-degree heat digging digits. So you got to appreciate where you are yeah. and what you've achieved. And a lot of people just sort of forget where they came from or where they could have been.
1: You know, they,
3: they don't appreciate what they have, and they take it for granted. If you're willing to put the hours in that it takes to do the study and do the reading, you can, anyone can become a lawyer. In fact, going to law school ain't got nothing to do with being a lawyer. Mm-hmm. All that stuff you've got to learn when you're actually practicing. It all comes down to how much effort you're willing to put in, how badly you want it. But the one thing I try to relate to people, actually one of my my best friends from high school from growing up as a kid, he's a lawyer at a major partner. He's a partner at a big, big firm, one of the 50 biggest firms in the country down in Atlanta. And he and I have one agreement that a lot of these young lawyers don't understand. You are in a service industry. You are providing a service to people. And if you can't, you know, sublimate yourself to them and understand that you are doing something for them, they'll never come back to you. You're in a service industry. You will not achieve and get to the level that you need to be
1: Mm -hmm.
3: until you realize it ain't all about you and your degree. Mm -hmm. I relate to people that um, when I first started practicing law, the people that I was always nicest to, it wasn't the other lawyers. It wasn't the judges. It was the clerks and the Mm -hmm. court officers and the bailiffs. Mm Because you know what? If they can relate to you, they will cover your ass. When you aren't there on time in court, they will tell the judge, oh, he called, he's on his way. They will call you and tell you when you forgot about a case. They will tell people, you know, you need a new lawyer, you need to go to this man. He does his thing. And all because I would talk to people and treat them like human beings and not that I'm a lawyer.
1: <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know a few of those, a few of those. Yeah. Wow.
2: I got a few buddies like that. I can't even front, man. It's, it's everywhere that comes out of their mouth. Is I'm a lawyer and, and I law and I practice law and I do this and I do that. It's like I'm like, dude, all right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're a lawyer, you know me, cool. I respect that. Nah, you're not you that way, Chris. You wouldn't even you wouldn't you know.
3: even know that I was a lawyer unless you asked me, right?
2: True indeed. You wouldn't even True know. <laughs> you
3: wouldn't even know because it's it's not. I, I, I'm not. I'm not the lawyer <laughs> Christopher Shella. I'm Chris it Just happen to be a lawyer. Yeah, And if, if I ever get that big
1: head, my wife will put me right in my
2: place. So <laughs> I like that. I like that. See, see, this is something that I always notice. And shout out to my brother Rashad. Shout out to my brother Kevin Daniels. Because one thing for sure, those brothers will let you know that my wife got my back. And if I fall short, she's going to let me know. She's going to help me. And, man, I appreciate that because I definitely get it. My memory is like, man, a paper, a paper, a wet paper bag. It's not dependable at all. My <laughs> no good man i had to put it in the calendar and a lot of times i ask my wife here write this down for me but i only say that to say this man most powerful guys most guys that really appreciate and really want to help and really seek out to help people they have a very significant a, a, a very dependable significant other on their side a very strong positive force on their side not behind them not in front of them but on their side to help them along the way and i happen to think that the family structure is one of the most beautiful things that we can have in this world That's why I'm out here talking about things because I think that we need to promote, you know, family values. Like you said, you know, your wife will put you in check if you got to start, if you started acting stupid, let's call it what it is. You know, you started acting crazy, you got too big headed. You know, maybe you, maybe you, you know, had a big case or something like that. And and maybe you really shined through this case and the media's all over the place. You know, your wife is the one that will say, you know what, okay, I know you just won that case, but you better put that tie back on that bread. You know what I'm saying? So. It's all right. <laughs> you left that thing in the kitchen. <laughs> Go like, <to> the job. <laughs> you know, it's the simple things. I, and, and I really appreciate that, man. I see that. I love it when I see it. I'm always pushing, you know, promoting positive things that other people do. And and I'm all for that. You know, we need to get together and, and start promoting positive things that other people are doing. We need to talk about these things, put them out there, let people know about them. Because you can't, you know, why hate on the next person? You know, if they're doing something great, you know, promote them. Let them know. Put the word out there. Let people know that hey, here's what's going on in the community. This guy's doing a great job. He's over here doing this. Meanwhile, we're over here doing that. And if we can, if we can ever put that together, and 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 stop black folks from thinking so selfishly with that plantation mentality. I think we can get somewhere, Chris. So I appreciate oh, you saying. It. Shout out to your wife.
3: Thanks, bro. Thanks.
2: Listen, man. I, I'm not. I know we gotta let you go. I'm not gonna keep you long. But uh, I, I do wanna. I do wanna get this off my chest, man. Uh, Fast and the Furious. You know, I don't know how up on it you are. I know you got. You got to Yeah, I, I am. Know. I'm up on that. I'm
3: up on the Fast and uh, Furious. What, what
2: can you? And in, in, can you put that in common man's terms, please? In common man's terms, because there's a lot going on with Fast and Furious that I've tried to sit down because I do things strategic. I don't just post things like on Facebook if I'm not well-versed or if I can't lead you to an article or lead you to some truth about it. But there's so much going on with this case, man, that even I'm confused in some ways. I mean, I'm up on it, but there's things I'm missing.
3: The the thing is that everything is weird this year because it's an election year, man. There's stuff going on that ain't ever going to go on again. Now, Fast and Furious was when the U.S. government, which actually started under the Bush administration, was giving guns out to drug dealers, allowing them to sell guns, supposedly monitor them so they can then arrest these guys. But the fact is, they lost control of it. They didn't monitor them well enough, and then people got killed, and then a U.S. Border Patrol agent got killed. Yeah. Now, they took Eric Holder in front of the um, Congress and had him testify. They wanted documents. He gave over 8,000 pages of documents, and they said they wanted more documents, which he said, no, I can't do that because there are people in the field and there's, you know, people's lives in danger. And I can't just give you everything you want because, you know, you guys aren't secure. It's Congress. Right. I mean, how many newspaper articles do you see that people unnamed source oh, in Congress says this, this? Oh Oh yeah. As that? He'll, he'll do that quick. And, yeah, and the reality is is that look, they know the case is going nowhere. They they, they cite him in contempt, and then they ask, they ask the same Department of Justice that he's in charge of to, to yeah. prosecute him. That's like you're my boss, and I want you like you work at McDonald's. You're, like you're telling the person who works the register to go fire the manager back in the office.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: That ain't going nowhere. No, it just ain't going nowhere. It's That's just right. horrible with happened. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And even though I mean like I said Holder says he doesn't know what had happened, I don't have the documents. But uh, to me, the whole idea of, of giving guns to True. drug dealers. Yeah. <laughs> it goes beyond the pale. I mean, and the fact is, that we want to trap these people. Could you picture what would happen if they decided? Do you think they would ever go into Detroit to let's let all the brothers in Detroit buy some automatic rifles? And right. And what happened?
2: That and 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 you know that's that's how I equated it when I when I well actually I put it a different way. I was at the gym talking to a a, a local. Uh, I, I was talking to an official. I'll just say it like that. And I, and I right. asked him, I said, you know, he was trying to defend this, and, you know, he's, he's a Democrat dude, and, you know, he's trying to defend Holder, you know, even though we know the man is wrong. Everybody knows it, it was wrong. You know, the, pre- right. the whole premise of that was stupid. I mean, we know that. There's other ways to monitor people. For God's sakes, it's 2012. But, um, right. you know, I, I equate it to him in this way. I said, what if we went in your district, and we went to all the known drug dealers, and we gave them an unlimited supply of drugs? And a free reign to sell, okay? But we just monitor them. I said, "Is there any way to really keep up with that?" He said, "Well, that's not the same thing." I said, "I know it's worse because we gave it to foreign individuals, foreign drug dealers, you know, who, who was already trying to open a gateway for for terrorists." I said, "So, yeah. I, how? I mean, come on, man. It, this is this I, is just I, I don't
3: comprehend this, man. I mean, think about this. Think about this. You're giving guns. You don't put like chips in them to monitor. You don't disable them so they don't work correctly. You don't do any of that. <laughs> you let them walk out with these automatic weapons, and now an agent is dead. And the reality is, we have one agent dead, but how about all the people in Mexico who are being suffered? Well, they are, it's illegal to own a gun there. That's but right. now they're guns to America that we've allowed to go across the border that are being used to kill Mexican citizens.
2: Eric Holder is done. I, I think that's—I think it's safe to say he's done. I think it's safe to say he deserves whatever he gets. And And... I don't know how anybody can defend this. Well, I don't. Why does why does people why do people cross the party lines when they know? Why don't people cross the party lines when they know someone within their party is wrong? I mean, does the party does a party really mean more than right and wrong? You know, bro, I'm just a lawyer. I'm just
3: a hired gun, so I can't even tell you. All, all no, I know man. is that all I know is that the people have to look inside themselves and say there's certain things that we need. I mean, like we said earlier about health care, there's got to be some Republicans got to realize we need some change in health care. Sure. Everybody knows that. But then we know, we need to know that there's other things we need with the Democratic party. We know we shouldn't have been giving these guns to these people.
1: We know Absolutely.
3: that. And it's not a, you know, it's not a democratic or republican issue. It's a right or wrong issue, man. Yeah, it's man. A human issue. It's a That's human what I like. issue. I, I just don't like I said, I guess that's above my pay grade. I'm just a hired gun out there fighting for folks. But I tell you, man, sometimes we got to get past these labels yeah. and just do the right thing for folks, especially for our community. Because if we don't, ain't nobody
1: going to.
2: Well, that's what I'm pushing, and I know that's what you're pushing. That's what Ella's pushing, and we, you know, we're all talking about the greater, the greater good for all folks. I mean, and, and that's just where we are. You know, life ain't fair, man, and and there's no way you can make life fair. But one thing, you can't work hard for what you get. And I don't think that's outdated. There's a lot of people out uh, out there, uh, a lot of people who are who are far, 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 far gone within the liberal uh, understanding or the liberal ideology. But you know, I I just don't think that you can make life fair for everybody. I, personally, I think that you know sometimes th- there's something said to be there's something said about working hard. For what you get, and then kicking your feet up and looking back at when you were there, opposed to where you are now. It's something to be said about that.
3: Yep, yep, you're right, man. You're right. That's why I'm down with brothers like you, man. They're really trying to make a change with this community for our people, man. Well,
2: man. Absolutely. If you would, uh, you know, we're gonna let, we're gonna let you go here. Then we're gonna go to a commercial. We're gonna come back, me and Ella. We're gonna chop it up a bit, and we're gonna close the show at eight o'clock. You know, I I know that a lot of folks are gonna be watching the, the BET Awards tonight, and uh, so I, I'm not even gonna put myself in that position. So <laughs> and I already lost against the Grant The Grammys killed me. The finals killed me. The Oscars killed me. You know, the show almost went to a halt. But you know, we still have four million. But you know, it is what it is. We're doing our thing, and we're doing it slowly. Um, we'll be getting that, reaching out to some politicians out here, and don't be surprised what kind of politician ad you hear, political ad you hear on this show. I'm not doing nothing crazy, but you know, hey, you know, got to pay the bills. But anyway, uh, <laughs> let, let me let me just, I, I, I'll I'll leave it at this, and and if you could let people know, you know, what kind of services your firms offer, because you represent more than one, you know, you're the managing partner of more than one firm, and and there's a lot to be said about that, and that's a big thing. You know, that's a big thing. I'm not talking, to, I'm not even going to get at Michelle Obama. Let me leave it alone. Let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. Even, even though I can't find one major case that she argued, you know, that that she, where she represented, you know, that, ground break, break, ah, that groundbreaking case that, you know, Claire Hustable might have had, you know, even though they're trying to paint her like Claire Hustable, but I can't find that one groundbreaking uh, uh, partner-making case that she presided. But anyway, I'm not going to get on that right now. I just want to ask right. you uh how can people get in touch with Chris Sheller, you know, what kind of services you guys offer, where you're located and that sort of thing, you know, yellow pages if you will.
3: Okay. Well, uh website shellalaw.com, dot W.com. Office number is 919-806-4563. That's 919-806-4563 and we are a full-service law firm. We're doing uh, employment law, uh personal injury, um, we do do criminal Every type of law under the sun Any type of needs that you have We have six lawyers We can handle it We have offices in Durham, North Carolina We're opening a new office in Charlotte Which should be open I think in August We have an office in Baltimore At 111 South Calvert Street Right in the Inner in Harbor And uh, we're here and available for folks So hit us up at shellalaw.com At, at com, And you got our numbers We're there and it's like the brother said, Google me. We're here to fight for you and I always tell people that if you feel like you're not really getting your fair shake, you feel like your lawyer's not following, fighting for you, holler at your boy. Cruise I like all. that.
2: <laughs> I like that. See that we like he can he can really wear the shirt that says Google me, man. I'm gonna get you a shirt that says Google me. You need that. <laughs> actually actually what I need to do though, seriously, I need to get you and I love being a black father shirt man because that's a movement that we're moving forward with. I appreciate oh, your man, interest I, in it me. I got that hey. on my car right now, man. I like that man.
1: Thank you. I appreciate don't
3: that. Send it
1: Google, don't send a Google Me shirt, sure, man. My wife will bleach it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. She will not let me get that <laughs> <laughs> I like that.
2: She needs to send me a record, man. I need I need one of her records. I'll play the record on here, man. I'm I'm you know, I'm not too big to do that. I love I love her for so, you know, give me a record out here, we'll get it on the show, we'll play it, we'll spin it, we'll do what we can do to help out. And uh, yeah. Chris, man you, you, you got an open invitation, brother. Anytime you feel like coming on the show, hit me up. You got the direct connect. Let me know. and We'll definitely have wanna, you on. We'll love to have you on. Well,
3: I'm going to call and holler at you, bro. I
2: definitely will. I appreciate will. it.
3: All right, brother. Be All blessed. Right, one
2: love. And keep doing what you do.
3: All right, man. Peace.
2: All, All right, love, love
3: you, Boy, man. I take it light. Peace.
2: All right, folks. That was Chris Scheller, folks. ShellaLaw.com. Make sure you check that out, man. Check that out. Scheller. S-H-E-L-L-A. Law. Dot com. The number is 919-806-4563. They are a full-service law firm, folks. They can do some big things out there for you, so check them out. They're out there. They're doing big things. They have six attorneys. They're in Baltimore. They're here. They're in Durham. They're doing big things, man. So if you guys have a need for an attorney, seek them out. Find out where they are. Find out if they can help you out. They do personal injury. They also do, uh, what else they do? They do some criminal Uh, they do employment law. I mean, there's nothing that they can't do. So check them out. ShellaLaw.com. You know, the number, you know, the place and we'll have a link on the show pretty soon. We also have a link on the Facebook page here in just a second. Uh, we're going to commercial and we we, will be right back to close the show. You listen to the K I R P radio show.com baby. That's where we are. K I R P radio show.com. We're doing big things out there, folks, over 4 million listeners doing it, at B.I.G. I appreciate you guys for rocking with us. We'll close the show here in just a second. We'll be right back. Listen to the KRRP Radio Show. Yeah. <laughs> For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking, LLC. That's Allen's Trucking, LLC, owner Brian Allen and B.A. Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking, LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919 426 Five four five five again nine one nine four two six five four five five. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. Sixty thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every one hundred and ten children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, We can help The Autism Society of North Carolina Can be reached at 800-442-2762 Again that's 800-442-2762 Remember 60,000 North Carolina families Are affected by autism And one out of every 110 children born Will be diagnosed with autism as well If you need to reach them by the web The address is www.autismsociety-nc.org you can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on
1: YouTube.
2: Love somebody today.
1: 60,000
2: North Carolina families are... 9.8 ounces is nothing. 9.8 ounces is everything.
0: It's the difference between empty bleachers and packed houses. It's the difference between showing up and taking over.
2: It's the difference between JV and VIP. Because the difference between nothing and everything is 9.8 ounces. The difference is the Adidas
0: Adizero Crazy Light. The lightest ever. Available at Foot Locker.
4: Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament.
2: But Ella Thomas, author of Moving Forward Courageously, will have a show on the KRP Radio Show on the WMMG Family Network. So look for him every Wednesday night, folks. He's going to be doing a B.I.G., and what this man has to offer is very special. It's, it's definitely exceptional. You guys would definitely love this spiritual movement and this empowerment. So if, you, if you're if you looking for some empowerment, I want you guys to log on to WMMG, home of the KRP Radio Show, KRP dot com every Wednesday night, and Ella's gonna let you guys know a little bit about being uh, uh, courageous and moving forward within your life. That's what he does, man. He, he's a very exceptional individual and a, a very smart uh, young man. And, and what this man offers is is, is just beautiful, I, I think. So shout out to all of you guys for listening to the KRP Radio Show. You are big in my book, and I appreciate you guys coming through. Don't forget next week, folks. Same time, same place. We're going to have some people on here talking about auto. You know, we're going to have a segment where you guys, you know, we're going to talk about how you can improve your fuel mileage on your car, how you can take care of your car, and, you know, things like that. So look look for us next week, man, same time, same place, on the KRP Radio Show. I appreciate you guys rocking with me. We'll catch y'all next week. One love. We are out of here, folks. Next week, same time, same place. One love. Well, we're Moving on now. A-I-R-P
0: Radio! Real, real gon' recognize
1: Real gon' recognize Real gon' recognize Real real. real. Only gon'
0: recognize Still Still Recognize with.
1: Like we always do With this time I go for mine I get to shine Let's throw your hands